Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined once again by... The return of Big Kurt. Here Big I Kurt am, is baby. back. He has removed the Big Mush because he didn't mush anybody last Where's last that Saturday. Big Mush guy? Yeah. He's gone. Uh, thank you very, very much for listening. Please share the podcast as much as you can. So, the word of the day... For Saturday, October 26th, is it rain? Deluge. Ah, deluge, yes. Meaning one, a noun. This uh, It's a severe flood. Obviously, that played. And French then, derivative, I believe. French derivative. And then used as a verb to inundate with a great quantity of something. So Okay. That something was water. Uh, Good old H2O. For the games. And then there was a... A deluge of bourbon being consumed in the downstairs a athletic bit. club yeah, because I mean, it's kind of a standard night for me, really. Well, it, but in uh, a standard night for me, uh, Big Kurt and I don't live far away from each other at yeah, all. It's like four miles, I right? Think. Uh, but it's just rare that our schedules work out that we can just sit and enjoy football contests with each other. But we we enjoyed a lot together in the yeah. downstairs athletic club yesterday. That was amazing so there was there was a deluge of buffalo wings that we yes, ate there was a deluge of that for sure <laughs> we, we got the afternoon because you know what it is it's 11 o'clock a.m games which illinois and iowa was so you get distracted i forget to eat i just kind of do the same thing and then all of a sudden it's halftime i i have just enough to fit a snack in and then right after that game's over i'm just starving so. Well, and we I really needed food at that point because the bourbon was starting to soak in on yeah. an empty stomach, and I'm like, this is going bad places. Let's get something to eat here. So, and then for for us, uh, because of our teams um, winning, it's a good mood. Missouri lost. Oh, man. Iowa it, State lost. It, it doesn't get better. I know. I mean, for two two buddies that are fans like our our teams had amazing days i mean yeah the only thing that could have made it better is if the cubs had lost wow except i'm except a cubs fan that wouldn't play with for me. me at all so for me personally um, um but Sorry. so so it was a deluge of laughter and good feelings from a, it was just it was just a day of deluge it's a good day yeah all deluge right let's day. and doesn't the the air smell better when your team yeah. wins yeah and the, the wings is, taste spicier the, yes the wings are the spicy. bourbon tastes smokier more, more bourbony <laughs> All right, Weekly Eisman? Yeah, Weekly Eisman. Okay, number of good performances. Obviously, Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins both had great performances for Ohio State. Justin Fields, 12-22, 167, two touchdowns. Also ran for a touchdown. J.K. Dobbins establishing himself as... I mean, I think he's it's like 1A, 1B for Jonathan Taylor and him, and he he won the head-to-head, 20 carries, 163, two touchdowns. Um Indiana, two great performances. I think Peyton Ramsey had the performance of his career. 27 of 40, 351, two touchdowns. Did throw a pick, but also ran for a touchdown. And then what what more can you say about Wap failure? Four, 14 receptions for the second time this year, 178 yards. But as great as all those performances were, they pale in comparison to one, a defensive player, Chase Young, who's the best player in the Big Ten, who's the best player in the country, and can you believe Justin Fields is only the second best player on his own team? Insane. It's because of Chase Young. He or has, that J.K. Dobbins is third on his own team. J.K. Dobbins is third. Jeffrey Okuda is probably fourth. fourth right. Um, but six t- total tackles, five tackles for loss, four sacks. That was an Ohio State record. Two forced fumbles. And he's finally starting to get a little talk for Heisman. So we'll he get we'll get into the the matchup. Obviously, Ohio State Wisconsin later in the podcast. Um, maybe try you know for this focus on Chase Young. 
Um, I saw pick six previews. Uh, did a good, by the, by the way, thank you for the koozie pick six previews sent us. We got yes. koozie. We got koozies, man. Oh, so that is right. Thanks, and a nice Brett. note from pick six previews. Very, very much appreciate that. Um, they tweeted out that Chase Young has officially entered into Endomican Sioux levels. I think so, yeah. And when you looked back on the it's Endomic- a good comparison, it's, it's probably a- the last time we've seen someone that dominant, this de- dominant defensively, yeah. Um, uh, when you look back on that season, I believe it was 2009, if my memory Sounds serves about correct, right. yeah. And he didn't get to go to the the official uh, uh, downtown athletic club, and everybody looks back. At that time, and now they say, "Oh God, you know," and Dominican Sue should have went. Sure. He was obviously. Let's not make that mistake again, not. college football world. Let's get Chase Young there. If he even keeps up half the pace that he's on right now, he he should be there. And look back to Charles Woodson, the only defensive player to win it. That was great, wasn't yep. it? It was. He, fantastic. he deserved to be there. I know there's some. And yeah. boy, he wound up having a pretty good NFL. Yeah, he did okay. He was not right. bad. Yeah, but I mean, it was great having a defensive guy there. What's wrong with having a defensive guy there? Um, Wisconsin, the the Badgers, are they known for having a pretty good offensive line? Typically, usually, yeah. There was nothing they could do. No, there was helpless. double teams that they they tried. Yeah. They they would he would split a tight end and a tackle, split a, a, a tackle and a running back. I don't know what you're supposed to do at this point with Chase Young. As an offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, other than just uh, hoping the game gets over. Yeah, I just don't know. stay as far away as possible yeah. from his entire side of the field. Quick hits to the other side. That's really all you can hope for. And once you do that, he has effectively changed Change your, your entire, offense. Yeah, and the game taking itself. you out of your game. Yes, that's incredible. All right, man. Is that we get in the games? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. we got a lot of them to break down. We do. So yeah. uh, our last pod was long. We'll see. This one. This one probably could, be, could go be. a little bit long too. All yeah. right. So once again, these games all took place on Saturday, October twenty sixth. Nobody was idle. That means we got a bunch of games to cover. So first up, Illinois twenty four, Purdue six. Illinois with two hundred and sixty eight yards of total offense. The Boilermakers with two hundred. 71. This game was a deluge. Oh, this was the worst conditions of the whole weekend. I think so. And I don't know what it is about Purdue, why that field gets so sloppy when it rains, but it's known as the sloppiest field in the Big Ten. And it, I mean, it played up to that, that um, reputation. Uh, well, let's start with Illinois. Uh, you, the, the weather played into their hand. I think we, we have to admit that, right? But I, I, th- this, I can't believe it. This team may be turning a corner. You're getting great play from, especially some of the older guys. Not a whole lot of seniors on this team, but Dre Brown, another great game at running back. I mean, he, perfect r- running back for that type of conditions. Blake Hayes, the punter. Oh my lord! The punt that a punt so good that Big Kurt and I and a buddy of ours watched this punt multiple times as it lifted up perfectly into the afternoon sky bounced and dribbled right down the sideline, but just poked right out at the one yard line. One yard line. And he was, he was kicking spiral angle punts all day long, exactly where he wanted to put them. Tony Adams, since the switch to cornerback, another interception, a game changing interception for the second week in a row. You're just getting performances that you weren't seeing from guys. Like guys are actually stepping up, which is is new for Illinois fans. And I got to think that the biggest reason is puffy chesty lovey. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Just being more confident. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 
I, your, your team hears that stuff, right? So if you're saying we have a chance to win, then doesn't your team start to think that maybe you do too? Yeah. Um, and the, the thing is, is like there still seems to be a certain helter-skelter to the lineup. It seems like there is two to three players in and out of this lineup every week. Sure. Um, Swole didn't play in this game, No, he's correct? injured. He, I don't think he's going to play for the rest of the year. And still the defensive line did fine. Yeah, they did pretty well. Um, another one, Jamal Milan, speaking of defensive line. Oh, my God. The guy's finally healthy, really, 100% for probably the first time in his career. He had only four tackles, but all were tackles for loss with the sack, and he hit Plummer twice so hard that I think that was part of the reason he got pulled out of the game. Um, one thing I was really hoping that Illinois would do more in this game is run Brandon Peters, and they did. Like they, That read option doesn't work if the quarterback's never keeping it, but he was keeping it more, and, and I think that opened things up a little bit. But you look at just style of play, and at this point, Illinois has built an offense that that can adapt. That can adapt. They they can do well in good weather, in bad weather. Whereas Purdue doesn't have that right now. Yeah, um, I understand what you're saying. I mean, there was only 162 yards of passing in this entire game, but then Illinois just you know found a different version of their offense and popped off 242 yards of total uh, rushing on the ground, two touchdowns. Um, again, I just go back to the, uh, Illinois football program, this team after the Minnesota game shoot by halftime of the Minnesota game, you, you, you would have said, that's it. That's the 2019 season. Um, And that's what I, I honestly, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you could find anybody that didn't think that, but this is college football. You never know. And when I say never know, you never never know what could happen you really don't because in one game versus Wisconsin this entire season has turned on a dime and now you are with with Illinois playing Rutgers next week they are one win away from a bowl and at this point you are expecting a bowl game in Champaign yeah I mean I I think as an Illinois fan that's kind of the place I'm at yeah we, we we need to get to a bowl I expect to get to a bowl now you got Rutgers and Northwestern two really bad teams and you know what? I'm not counting out at Michigan State or at Iowa either. No. Because those are the kind of defenses or offenses that, that Illinois plays well against. There's I, most definitely two wins out of those last four. I think so. Um, one thing I've noticed, I, I mentioned this to you, and I want it to be on the cast. I do not think this offensive line blocks as well for Reggie Corbin. I don't know what yeah. that is all about. Weird. Or I mean, just the, so the maybe it's just the style of running plays. that Maybe it's the type yeah. of plays he's getting. Because obviously there's not a – we're blocking for one guy, not the no, other. No, of course They're, I don't. Right. It just doesn't seem like it gets done when Reggie gets the ball. But and as soon as he, if he gets an opening, Boom. oh look out, he's right. gone. But yeah. he, it just doesn't happen that often. And another thing about Illinois defense, they are playing very physical right now. They they have been for a lot of, most of the year. Big hits, big hits. The, the the lovey ball thing with turnovers is finally like really catching hold. They're n- number one in the country in forced fumbles. I don't know if anybody knew that. Wow, Jake Hansen's number one as an individual in forced fumbles. So. There's something to that. That's that's a skill. He is teaching it, and the guys are finally picking up on it. Um, I did see a lot of chatter on Twitter about, oh, the rain, oh, the injuries. Look, Illinois is banged up almost as bad as Purdue is right now. No, we don't have a Rondale Moore, but look, if you don't want a Rondale Moore to get injured, then don't recruit him. You know, it just injuries happen. Well, and then I was to flip it back around and, you know, to finish up on Purdue, um, I still think Jeff Brom is a great coach, and certainly injuries have hampered this rushing attack greatly. I mean, they've had injuries on the O-line and at running back, 
but there also is just a uber commitment to throwing the ball. Yeah, and, and, and you live and die by your scheme. Correct. And in this case, scheme, it's it, you can throw the ball in a light rain or wet conditions. In fact, oh. you could say that it favors the offense because the defensive line can't get as much of a push for, push for pass rush, and the uh, secondary has to react on what yep. the wide receiver does. But then it flips to a point where the rain is so bad. Like, it was so bad, it was oh. one of those deals where – it looks foggy on the TV yes. screen because of just the, the thickness of the the of the rain and the atmosphere. Look, I mean, it was so wet you could tell the ball was waterlogged, so it's heavier. As a quarterback, you're throwing a heavy ball. the The receivers were squeezing the ball was just squirting through their hands. I mean, there you were not gonna th- nobody was gonna throw right. in these conditions. And so then if you if you can't throw, you got to have an alternative. And Purdue doesn't have they that. don't have one right now. No, no, and uh, uh, something. That you know we both noticed yesterday is is with that being said, like I I don't think one of the best I don't know wet ball quarterbacks in the world and white wide receiver catching you know uh, wide receivers in the world would have done much about it, but that doesn't stop Jeff Brom from just ripping his quarterback apart multiple Boy, times. He really does. I yeah. mean, and, and it's fine. He's coaching him hard. I'm not. We're not a pansy not, society here on this podcast. As but a like, negative, but maybe he, there's once where it's like, okay, the conditions are just yeah the but way he they really are. gets after him and he's set yeah. plumber down. Although he did say pregame that he may play O'Connell in the game. Okay. Um, Let's let's focus on some positives for for Purdue. There, you still see a ton of talent out there, young talent. Yep. He just needs to develop a more well, you know, rounded team. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that'll be the goal next year. In in this case, this year, I I think they're still working at it. I, it but it's going to be a work in progress the whole year. And speaking of a good, like you mentioned, what a great offensive mind Brahm is. There was a double reverse screen pass that looked like I'm like, oh, that's a touchdown. They had this wall set up. It was. It was genius the way it was diagrammed, and I don't know. It just kind of fell apart once yeah. the the guy caught the ball. It was wasn't even great defense. It just kind of I don't know. I'm not even sure how it how it didn't work. Those out, are the things that happen in puffy chesty lovey world. I guess so. Yeah, right. but man, uh, great feeling yep. as an Illini fan. So second consecutive Big Ten victory, first time since 2014. Yep, that that's they've a streak, done that. baby. It's a streak. Yeah, yeah. Let's go for three. All right. All right, with the win, the Fighting Illini moved to 500 at 4-4. Four and four. Purdue falls to 2-6. and six. They're going to have to win out to make their third straight bowl. Next up, Rutgers, 44, Liberty, 34. The Scarlet Knights with 463 yards of offense to the Flames, 413. I said on the last podcast, I'm like, hey, okay. what would happen? If Rutgers got like I don't know 180 yards passing, oh, and you left at me, they had 192. Wow. <laughs> well, Johnny Langan had a great game. Yes, but I was if they had lost this game, you had, you had dubbed them the hapless knights, right? Yep. I was going to add to it. I was going to call them the yuckers, hapless knights. <laughs> but congrats, Rutgers, you did it. You yep. pulled it out. Yep. Um, I will even refer to them as the Scarlet Knights on this podcast. Absolutely, yep. they're the Scarlet Knights yep. again. Or are they the fighting Isaiah Pacheco's? How about uh, Pacheco? 19 yeah. for 107 and two touchdowns. Big game. But Langan, yeah. that's the first time a Rutgers quarterback has rushed for 100 yards since 1961. Wow. Sam Moody rushed for 105 yards in a yeah. game that year. 
That's pretty amazing. Yeah, so 190 yards on the through the air and 100 and what was it on the ground? 118 on 118 the ground. 118 on the ground. And that a was, touchdown on the ground. Way yeah. to go. So good for Rutgers. I cannot help but think, Jesus, how bad are the teams that the Liberty Flames have played? Oh my god. That was a that was a five win team coming into this <laughs> game. Five and two. <laughs> um they 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 did have some production on offense. Uh Steven yeah. Calvert, their quarterback, threw for two forty four. Josh Mack running back had one oh nine. And the great Your boy. Antonio Gandy Golden. Gandy Golden. Had sixty eight yards receiving. But yeah. you look down the the stats here and pretty dominant win by the Scarlet Knights here. They had 9.1 yards per pass attempt. Way to go, Scarlet Knights. 271 rushing yards. They held the ball for almost 41 minutes in this game. Congratulations, Rutgers. Unfortunately, this is going to pretty much be the highlight of the season for them because now their schedule, it, it's going to be a little tougher than <laughs> yeah, the Liberty yeah. Flames from here on out. Yeah, let's do this against a Big Ten team. But, you know, they get an opportunity going to Illinois next week. Not a great Illinois team, so let's see what they can do. But, you know, I usually, even if I don't like someone, I don't want to see them do poorly. But I love seeing Hugh Freeze do poorly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't think you're going to feel guilty for something bad happening to Hugh Hell Freeze no. anytime. I, is he my least likable coach? I don't know. He's in the conversation. Uh, Petrino is Petrino's pretty. He's bad. worse. Yeah. 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 And who's they're the, tied. The, I don't know. The Baylor guy. He's pretty bad, too. Yeah, sure. Um, there. That's the that's the, there's the new uh, Mount the Rushmore. The yeah, it is the axis of coaching evil. Yeah. We'll have to put that as an offseason. Write that down, offseason pod. The Mount Rushmore of, oh, of that's awful good. coaches. That's three right there. I like that idea because yeah, right. we need to do several Big Ten Mount Rushmores, Correct. too. That's one of them. All right, I'm writing that idea down. So with the win, the Scarlet Knights move to two and six. Next up, Iowa 20, Northwestern zero. The Hawks with 302 yards of offense. The Wildcats with 202 and brother it didn't feel like 202 yards no. of offense to me watching that game yeah this is on my small screen and I, i'm i'm just looking back and forth and saying you know i i'm really not learning anything from this game this is exactly what we expected to be but let's start out on positives here another shutout for iowa fourth in the big 10 in the last two years which is number one in the country and who's second alabama the alabama crimson Tide. crazy so we're talking conference games only yep. so sec for alabama Big Ten for Iowa, obviously. Yeah, four in the last year and a half, essentially. That It's, it's kind of almost become feeling commonplace. Like, it used to be a big deal. Like, ooh, protect the ball, don't give up the shutout. I mean, to a certain degree, you start, you stop even, like, really looking for it. You just assume it's going to happen. Yeah, um, and I've said it before, like, when Wisconsin was on that roll, it takes some luck to get a shutout, too. Yeah. So, Northwestern didn't even enter the red zone in this game. No. And it felt like they didn't even. So I guess we, if we're trying to start positive, you're talking about Iowa's defense at this point. Yeah. Um, um, certainly going against uh, this offense is, you know, you, you would expect it. Yeah. Um, there's been decent offenses that they've gone. A, a, you know, Penn State's showed out. Sure. You know, Michigan. Michigan is getting looks a lot better now. Better. Yep. Um, um, Purdue typically always dangerous. They the that this Iowa defense has limited all those offenses. I think I saw a stat that that there's up to six teams, five teams that Iowa's played this year where their lowest point total output oh, was against Iowa. That's impressive. I mean, we're kind of getting to the point here where we can officially say this is a very, very good defense. Yeah, I, w I would say that stat alone, that's probably saying this is a great defense. But yeah. this team's only going to go as far as their offense, of course. Yeah. And, you know. So, uh, let, let me – 
we have would you agree we have the greatest podcast listeners on, on the planet obviously oh, yeah, yeah. Well, twitter we, followers we all know that yes sure. so the one thing that we sometimes will get uh catch a little bit of heat on is that we agree too much so i'm gonna yeah. dis- i'm gonna disagree with you okay right now please. On something. uh last podcast i quizzed you and said okay who's got the better offense and you debated on Iowa's offense to Northwestern, did brother, I debate? Yeah, you do. There's oh, no debate. Shame on me. There's no debate. No, this there's is no debate. that that like Iowa's offense, while certainly not uh, jaw dropping as far as explosive plays and just overall dominance, yeah. it can get the job done when it needs to. Iowa's defense, I think we've talked enough about it, but it's it's getting into the upper echelons of the country or the of country for defenses. So this is still a solid team. It's a, it's a team that warrants the, uh, the 20th ranking in the country to me, things that need to improve on, but looking good switching to the other side though. Um, Northwestern, this, this stat put out there by Dustin shooty has scored one touchdown in the month of October Oh Lord! on the year, two touchdown passes to 11 interceptions. Oh dear God. I mean, I mean that's, that's them and Rutgers. It's a, Maybe a toss-up on right. offense. Uh, uh, now that if you're looking at statistics-wise, now North, you know, yeah, Rutgers but, got to go against the Liberty Flames, yeah. but Northwestern finished with a worst October as compared to oh, Rutgers, gosh. which is horrible. Rutgers scored a touchdown versus Minnesota. Um, so, like ten nothing. It was ten to nothing in the first half. Yeah. And the general thought process of with my tw- uh, uh, text group, you know, of Hawkeye fans, and then Twitter in general is this game's over. And I think typically that's like a joke. It honestly did feel like the game yeah. was over. There, sure. there were some Hawkeye fans that just went bonkers because Iowa had the ball just past midfield, and they chose to just punt the ball with about a minute to go. If you know the other team's not going to score. That's right. So don't give them a short field to just get them momentum. I don't think – I didn't like it at the time myself, but I also look back and I'm like, but if, if – you give them that ball with a minute or so to go in the half and they pop one big just, play yeah, one and they just play. get a field goal sure. on the, you're like, dang it. I get, we, they got momentum going into the second half. You punt the ball to them. They just go into half. That's it. The game was essentially you over know, at that point. There, there are times that you play the field position game. It's still a thing. I know it's not as big of a thing as it used to be, but in that case, I think it was the right call. Or you just play the style of the game where you look across the sideline and you're like, <laughs> Brother, they ain't doing. Anything. I mean, you do. You, you just, you just know that isn't going to happen. And that's what this was. And I don't know where Northwestern goes from here. I mean, the defense is still good. Defense, it's a good here's defense. the thing about the defense: it's a good defense. Uh, they, they, they're not going to give up a ton of points ever. But they, they don't have the big plays this year that they've had in the past. Out of their defense. Out of their defense. No, I agree. It is a, it is the prototypical bend but don't break. Yeah. Um, but they were, uh, like last year, they were getting turnovers. No, that's a good point. Not a whole lot this year. Not right? happening. And no. I think part of that is just the overall juice you need as a team. And when your offense is that stagnant and just soul crushing, you can't tell me that yeah. that doesn't affect the defense. Well, of course it, it does. It does. Yeah. So, all right. With the win, the Hawks move to six and two. They are one of the many teams in the Big Ten that are bowl eligible. The Wildcats fall to one and six. Their chances of making a bowl game almost zero at this point. Yep. All right, that moves us into the afternoon. We had three games. First up, Minnesota 52, Maryland 10. The Gophers with, we'll call it, 500 yards of total offense to the Terps 210 Boy, totally flipped the script Minnesota did versus the last two years versus – I mean, this is basically the opposite 
game the last two years. I see, you know, ironically, this was one of the few good weather games. Yeah. Well, and that was part of the thing that I was going to say at the beginning. Watching these games, the deluge of rain was all over the Midwest. Minnesota, which gets ragged on for weather. It was the most gorgeous fall day that I'd maybe have ever experienced. It was like 55 degrees, Doesn't slight get breeze. And yeah. it's that day where you're like, this is probably the last one. Yes. We're not going to get many no, more of these. it's going to be gone. So you had to enjoy it. But you know what I saw yesterday is that Minnesota and P.J. Fleck, I'm going to give Fleck credit. You know how much I've criticized him in the past. But i got to give credit where it's due. He's established a culture here. This is a team that's confident, that, that knows they can win. It's a team that plays together that has chemistry. There seems to be leaders everywhere you look on this team. And they look like they're having fun. They look like, yes, they do. They absolutely look like they're having fun. Um, did you see PJ Fleck lobbying for ESPN game day? In two and weeks? then of course, twin city media jumping all over him. Were they what? jumping over him? Oh yeah. I saw a different, I, we won't go deep into who it was. I mean, but... I loved every single thing he said. He's like, yeah, you can go to LSU versus whoever anytime. That's the truth. You know, come to Minneapolis. Come to Min- First of all, it's a great town. Yeah. Um, it's but it's he, gonna but be two eight no teams deep into the season because we already know because both teams are both gonna be idle next idle. week. What? what why, why wouldn't, wouldn't he campaign for his team at that point? Exactly. Why like, wouldn't what, you? Yeah. So what is wrong with the Twin Cities media or just anybody reacting negatively? I mean, if you're acting negatively, it's just because you hate PJ, which you can. I'm not own a big up. fan, but I. But I agree with that. I totally agree. Yeah, with he's that. he's trying to go for. Uh, pardon the pun. Go for, go for like uh, what he can. What's good for his team. Um. Tanner Morgan, workman-like day, 12 to 21, 138 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. Rodney Smith, a workman-like day, 103 yards, a tutty, 321 yards and four touchdowns for the whole rushing attack. And then as far as the Minnesota wide receivers, this is my thought process. Um, They could have walked up to the line on third and seven, Mm -hmm. looked across at the corner and said, I'm going to do a four-yard fake and then cut it in. Okay, I'm I'm running I'm running a slant. I'm going to set you up sure. with an outside look, and then go in. Still would have worked. Still would have worked. It's when you throw to Rashad Bateman, it just looks like it's practice, right? Yep. Like nobody's even going against him. Yep. It's just and they didn't need to throw the ball in this game, so they didn't throw it that much. But anytime they needed, or they wanted to. Just, it was there. Yeah, right up there. Uh, Tyler Johnson. Uh, boom, yeah. Slant for touchdown. Because you you move to the other side. Uh, brother, the tel- the total passing stats for Maryland, 10 of 23, 131 yards, one touchdown, two picks. The Maryland rushing attack, 23 carries for 79 yards. I can't help but think how puffy chesty, but this case, not a good version, Locks was two weeks into the season. Well, he's more puffy belly than chesty, <laughs> isn't he? Nice. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, he's puffing Dude, out his belly early he, on the season. He, he's smuggling a lot underneath that that uh, whatever outfit he wears. Lux needs to drop the bagels for a little <laughs> while. Um, yeah, again, flipping the script, 79 yards rushing. This is a team that ran all over Minnesota one year ago. This Maryland- so with the Hoosier line with them, you know that that was our, you know obviously that's our sure, thing. They were like, below it last year. Now I, they're above it. Well, I don't know. Like we have to lower the Hoosier line. Like, I think so. Th- we're down to like. We're getting down to like Rutgers line. Oh here. boy, did well, you just go there? Okay, yeah, well, so I I'm glad who, you brought who, it up. Who do we feel good about their offense taking off with the rest of the no, year? Nobody. I mean, they're horrible. Yeah, you're right. Probably I'll have to look deeper into that next week. But man, they they I mean, I don't know what they mm. got left to that they can expose at this point. Yeah, because we already de- de- determined that Purdue and, and, is basically was at 
was the new Hoosier line. Right. But maybe it's below that. That's what I'm saying. Like, and the it's other the thing, line. the other thing is just the overall aesthetics of a football team, right? Um, uh, defense looking like they're lined up and and coming off blocks. Offense, you know, with a with knowing where they're going with the ball. Line play looking okay. None of that is happening right now in Maryland. I was going to ask you, is this a really, really bad team? At this this point? is a really bad I team. Think so. This is a poorly coached team. It's a team. horribly coached team, which is another conversation. But uh, Pigram, love him. Yeah, he's a talented guy, but I was making fun of him a little bit yesterday. It just bad things happen when he drops back in the pocket. The it, So we, we use well, the old, I use the Woody Hayes yeah. thing. When you pass the ball, three things can happen. Two of them are bad. It seems like three or four bad things could happen <laughs> when, when Piggy drops back yeah. there. It's not always his fault either. Right. It's just bad things happen when right. he throws the football. Right. It just doesn't look fluid. It's just another part of the deal where it's just helter skelter everywhere right Two now. Two pick sixes. You know what? It is their football program is a physical representation of their of their uniforms. Oh. There's just too much going on. Yeah, there's man. too much going Isn't on. Is it not? Ma- it's like perfectly matched. It's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, it is a nightmare. So let's go back to uh, Minnesota a little bit. Eight oh, 0 for the first time since 1941. Ten uh, game win streak, which is fourth in the country right now behind. Maybe you've heard of these teams: Clemson, Ohio State, App State. Uh, is Minnesota just a late blooming team? Not that it happened too late this year, but it happened pretty late last year. They didn't look great this year, but then they've suddenly caught fire. I don't know. I wonder if there's something. Well, you know what that that. is? That's schemes adapting. That means you figure out your team as the season goes on and you adapt to what your strengths are and limit what your weaknesses are exposed. That's what PJ and the the crew are doing. Then I applaud uh, PJ Fleck. Yep. Uh, Rodney Smith passed Daryl Thompson. Wow. For all purpose yardage, all time, 51 17 is what he's at right now. And he can pass Lawrence Maroney. As early as next week for second all-time in rush yards Insane. for Minnesota. Rodney Smith getting a rare fight there. How about it? And now Minnesota has a two-game lead in the West. Insane. Yeah. They're in the driver's seat for Indy. I mean, when – well, I mean, probably never would be the answer, but when has Gopher Nation gotten deep into November feeling this good about their football team? Yeah. I, it, it's Ever. been probably 1961. We got to see people with – double hip replacements and living in nursing homes that have a memory of this. Correct. Yeah. So with the win, the Gophers move to eight and Oh, the Terps fall to three and five next game up. I, I don't think there's any question. This was the game of the day, Indiana 38, Nebraska 31, the Hoosiers with 455 yards of total offense, the Cornhuskers with 514 yards of total offense. So happy for Hoosier fans right now. And Hoosier fans, and I'm especially proud of my boy, Patrick Ramsey. Yeah, you I mean, know. dude, he got a he got a chest plate hit. Like, yeah. did you see? I mean, he kept looking he over hurting. like, oh, it looked like he was all bent over, looking like he, his, his chest had been cracked into, broke a rib, just kept balling. Okay, so he had the game of his life, right? He did. Now, 27 of 40, 351 yards, two touchdowns. And he ran for 42 and a touchdown. Correct. Where would they be? I mean, they would not be bowl eligible right now if he had decided to transfer. 100%. So it is the greatest FU to the transfer portal. Yes. Like, he deserves his own. We got to make something up. No, we got a lot of notes to write down. Write that down. Some sure. sort of 
you know, transfer portal middle finger okay. statue that we bronze and send to him. All right, let's let's workshop that one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to figure out something there because congratulations to him. No crying, no whining. Just, you know, took his medicine, sat on the bench and said, you know what? I'm going to get my chance. And every time he has, he has stepped up. So who's your fans? Please appreciate that's a, this. That's guy. a coach's son, which is what he is. He's yeah. a coach's son. That's what coach's sons do. You, you, you stick around, you be a leader and you stay there for your team. Um, Waff Fillier's the man. Ty Freifogel, also the man. Hey, did you see Donovan Hale and Nick Westbrook had zero catches combined in wow. this game? And that's and they still did this. Yeah. Yeah. It was that's amazing. I, I don't know how that happened. Yeah. But the tight end stepped up big time in this game. Yep. Um, I, I'm telling you, I, I've talked about the wide receivers for this IU team, but the quarterback room too. two of the more underrated groups in the entire Big Ten. Yes. And the the uh, another award <laughs> making these up okay. on the fly, okay. but the way better than they should be award goes to the Indiana offensive yes. line. Absolutely. They should be a dumpster fire and they're they're good. They're, they're, they're not they're just good. Like, yes. they're, they're good. And I was, they've had injuries. They've had yep. shuffling around. And I was sure that that was going to be the weakness of this whole team this year. Boy, it's I, a strength. I've never been more happy to be proven or, or wrong. Or strength. Yeah. Uh, how about T.A. crying after the game? Yeah, boy, is he happy. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't fake. That's, that's, he just makes me laugh. Yeah, he's an emotional man. I do like him. He's probably, oh, I do. He's, he's grown up. He's grown up to me. Non- he still looks like a cartoon character. The teeth are just, they're just so pearly white and big, yeah. but I, yeah. I like the man. Uh, but we need a little more from this Hoosier D. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, 514 yards is too much. If yeah. you want to knock off one of the big boys, you got to tighten it up on defense. And ironically, the game that they probably want back, well, definitely want back more than anything on their schedule thus far is Michigan State, sure. and that's what failed them in that game was their yeah. defense. Now, yeah. flipping it around to Nebraska, we'll do a little bit of positive before we you know, assess the rest of Nebraska. you got to give Noah Vidral and Luke McCaffrey credit. Uh, yeah. That is the second and third string quarterback coming into this game. Now, they both look good. They both look good. Total stats, 19 of 32, 272 yards, one touchdown. Uh, another bright spot, Wandale Robinson, 22 carries, 83 yards and a touchdown. Six catches, 71 yards receiving. Um, coming out of the idle week, uh, obviously Scott Frost was sick of how the offense looked before that they did get going. I mean, this was, there was never a point where you felt comfortable that any defense was going to get the offense off the field. Um, and again, it's just, you got to give like, you got to give Nebraska's offense and play calling credit. Um, another thing with the play calling, they were holding nothing back in this game. You even commented when we were watching the game trick plays like whatever it took to get points on the board lining up quick snapping it quick um tempo changes they they were pulling out all the stops to try to beat this iu team yeah and they had to i mean that's this was this was a dogfight the whole way i'm really impressed by vidral though 14 to 16 for 201 how efficient is that very efficient um he got uh he got banged up that's why freshman luke mccaffrey went in we made a comment about how skinny he was but then we thought well, easy Ed. He was a skinny He's man, skinny and he played. The, those McCaffreys, they are wiry. I'm, I'm guessing. Well, not the other one in the NFL right yeah. now. He's yeah, really, he's not so wiry. He's bulked up. He might yeah. actually take after his mom more, who, yeah. by the way, was a world-class athlete as yes, well. Yes, she was. But, but um, you look, look down the stats. I mean, very evenly uh, played yeah. game all around, not just the score. All the stats were pretty even. Um, total yards, passing yards, rush yards, all fairly close. First downs. 
<sighs> okay. Now we get to the negative. Well, well, one more good thing. Okay. How about those alt unis? I did like those. Those were pretty those cool. Worked, those worked for me. Simple, tough looking. But even the alt unis comes with a negative because the alt unis yeah. are a nod to the black shirts. The great defenses of, of the past. And I don't know if the great defenses of the past of Nebraska look ever even more further back in the rearview mirror than they currently do right no, now. This defense is bad. It's just plain bad. I mean, the defensive line stinks. Yeah. Um, essentially, I just always think the same thing. This is my comparison that I've used several times is you look at Ohio State's defense last year compared to this year. Um, obviously, Ohio State had talent in both 2018 sure. and 2019. Yes, Chase Young is on another stratosphere right now, but but that would still be a salty defense even if Chase Young was just good right. as opposed yeah. to amazing. Yep. The scheme changed. The players are playing more confidently. They're reacting on their instincts yeah. and doing things correctly. That's not what happening. What's happening in Lincoln right now? No. This defense is not lined up correctly. There's nope. three or four different heroes trying to do their own thing as opposed to playing, you know, what they're supposed to be doing, or maybe just the scheme itself, which definitely has a part in an issue with this. Long story short, this is a poorly coached team defensively too too often and to be honest with you there's some poorly coached things happen on the offense too as but far as just ill-timed time uh penalties and, sure. and turnovers i but mean the least... withdrawal the withdrawal turnover was 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 a killer for that for that team in this game okay but they are effective at least on offense you can say that oh definitely um Here's my question. I talked about Minnesota and their culture. I don't where's the culture here? And their the culture as the scapegoat, and I don't know if that's the best word, but pretty close to it, right? That is what the number one thing that is being pointed to to by Nebraska fans. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna play a clip. This is Scott Frost being interviewed by, you know, one of the fourteen, you know, Husker media outlets. So outlets. This is uh, Scott Frost being interviewed, walking off the field after first half. As we're joined now with Coach Frost, Coach, huge turn there at the, at the turn of the half. Alex Davis gets the big pick. How big was that for just Loop, but not just Loop, but the offense to get a little jolt there at the break? It was big, but we can't be so dumbass, stupid early on in the game. We're, we're missing blocks and fumbling and giving them points. We can't get lined up on fourth and one on the ball. This game probably shouldn't be close. We can't do that stuff. I'm tired of it, and I'm tired of our defense coming out and giving up touchdowns on the first drive of the second half. I'm going to lose my mind if they do here. All right, there's Coach Hawk for us at the half as Nebraska leads at 21. So a little bit of uh, music added in by the website that we got off of, but not a good look, man. That is odd. It, it comes off real whiny, doesn't it? And then the post game with the talking about wearing hoodies. I didn't understand what he was. I literally had to send that to Nebraska, like the Nebraska fans. That. Like, can you honestly explain that to me? Like, what did that mean? Like, well, it there, goes and, farther than that. Like, it, he's talking about how we have players that care, but not enough who care. And Wandale and we, Robinson. Post game, also attacking upperclassmen, saying yeah, that's that, weird. and then I go back to that some can't of the go over well in the in the locker room when a freshman is attacking upperclassmen, and then I would go back even further, not to conspiracy theory this thing too much, but there has been uh, comments made by uh, defensive coordinator Eric Chenander saying, "Yeah, I wish we'd spend as much time working on defense and practice mm. than we do offense," and then reports out of Big Ten media days that the defensive players that were there openly talked about how they're sick 
of the offense getting all of the publicity around town and from their coaches. There has been, to me, a, a fracture between O and D would be my guess. Uh, maybe people thought Mo Washington got preferential treatment on why he was still on the team at that. Look, and I don't mean to go down the you know a spiral with that, but I the point I'm trying to say here is this isn't just I'm not trying to find something like there are things to see here that are presenting themselves. No doubt. And I'll add another one: the the way that Frost keeps bringing up how we need better players. That is, I don't think you should say that about your team. I can maybe get that to a certain degree right after you take over the job. But even then, that's Even then, that's a slippery slope. And when you're a a year and a half into your, you know, he's almost been there two years now. He'll have been there two years this December, you know. That's enough time where you got to coach the dudes that are on your team. Right. Or you get to the point where... If upperclassmen, because the Daniels brothers are catching a lot of fire from from uh, Frost uh, during the game, they had to cut away. He was going over to to chew some butt to yeah. the Daniels brothers, and he should. They 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 had a dumb penalty. They've had multiple dumb sure. penalties. Can I ask you this? Why are they still playing then? Right. Because so I didn't down. watch a defensive line push during no. this game. I I commented pretty quickly in the game. That, that there was a shocking lack of, of push by the D-line. And a lot of Husker fans agreed with it. Be- why? Really? Because they know you, football and they see it. How could you not agree with it? So to get them off the field. Exactly. Get them off the team. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm tired of the, the finger pointing that's going on here. I'm tired of bragging about your great strength and conditioning program. Win games. Just forget forget about that. All other stuff. First of all, start over on the culture because something is off here. The going into the idle week after Minnesota, the whole team basically saying how we really need a break. That's yeah. another thing. Like I just the the overarching thing that I point I want to make is culture matters. Don't get me wrong, but scheme matters, too. Yeah, they have a great scheme on offense that will work. It's going yes. like as long as they know the doubt. offensive line still, I believe, needs to improve because they, once they go against a. Very, very stout front seven. I think you're going to see the offense have have issues. I still think that's a deal. But overall, the offense is going to be fine. But you can't tell me it's all culture on the defensive side. It is scheme on the defensive side. And it is a it is 11 dudes on the field that don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Well, and I'll go back to this. If you're going to have this whole black shirt thing, then you've got to at least you know dedicate something. Your defense, you know, you've, you've got to have a culture on defense. Right. You can't just have a, a team that's scoring 40 and giving up 40. Correct. That's not a black shirt. If you're going to brag about black shirts, bring a good defense. Right. And I mean, it. it's hard to pinpoint all the things that are going on here. Uh, Troy Dumas, I believe, is an ex-Nebraska uh, defensive player. His tweet, Halloween came a couple days early this year. Some guys got to dress up and pretend to be black shirts yesterday. Yikes. We didn't, got ex-players didn't putting see stuff that one. like that out there. Ouch. I don't know what to say other than – but to, to wrap this back up, they're 4-4. Four and four. Yeah. I mean, it's this, they to, could still get to a bowl game. Get to a bowl. Yeah, that's all you – If what, you get to a bowl, right take a break, maybe a couple guys are – you know, showing stage left to exit during that you go win your bowl game and finish seven and six. That is the 
that's the best right sure. now. I mean, I think they're if they're not mathematically eliminated from getting Indianapolis, they're theoretically mathematically yeah. eliminated. Theoretically, from getting, so that's what you got to. But and if by the way, if they do that, if they go from four and eight to seven and six with the bowl, that's an in, improvement. That's an improvement Absolutely. in a year too. That's what they got. That's what they got to get yes. at this point. So with the win, the Hoosiers, speaking of bowl games, yeah. moved to six and two. Congratulations, Hoosiers! You are going to a bowl. The so that's, they've won three straight Big Ten games in a single season for the first time since 93. 93. And this is only their fourth bowl since 93. Yep. Party like it's 93 in uh, Hoosierland. Uh, with the loss, the Cornhuskers fall to 4-4. Four and four. Next up, Penn State 28, Michigan State 7. The Nittany Lions with 302 yards of total offense to the Spartans, 265. Congrats, Nittany Lions. You got a win, and you had more yards in the game than your opponent. Yeah. That's a sticking point too. I know to to Penn State haters. Well, it it I mean they they haven't been putting up a ton of yards. They right. still didn't put up a ton, but nope. it's against a really good Michigan In State. More deluge situations. And speaking of deluge, for Sean Clever to throw four touchdowns in this game, that's pretty impressive. The thing is about this offense is. Maybe we're just spending too much time concentrating on the negative. We've done it here, too, on this podcast on why they they don't have a grounded-out ball control offense. But how do you – to accentuate the positive is to talk about when they dial up the big plays, they hit them. Yeah. And, and maybe to a certain degree, Michigan State's goal is to take away K.J. Hamler. He still had a decent day, 57 yards and a touchdown. But you take away K.J. Hamler – you know who you turn to? Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth. Oh, Three man. touchdown catches in the day, 60 yards. I Be- mean, best tight end in the Big Ten. Best tight end in the country. You think so? I mean, this guy has got Sunday's uh, 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 red oh, zone yeah. threat, threat written all over him. Yeah, Sean Clifford, 18 carry or 18 of 32. Just short of 200 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. The running back was was by committee, which is what they've they've done. What's going on with Noah Kane? Only six carries. I know it, it, it's it's like one of the sticking points of Penn State fans. Like everybody just wants it to be the Noah Kane show. Like I know Journey Brown's good, but why is he getting the majority of the carries? He's I don't know. not as good as Kane. Is he? I agree. I would love to kind of to understand that maybe they're just literally trying to maybe spread around, keep him fresh, type of yeah. deal. Um, it's not like this game was ever really in danger, but, but let's talk about that because going into this game, I started getting a spidey sense that, uh Oh, like Michigan state can win this game. They're coming off an idle week. All the stuff we pointed out, I picked Michigan state to, to cover for the points. And then pretty quickly in this game, uh, especially with Penn state's knack for very fast starts, Mm -hmm. you just watch this game. You're like, Penn state's better. Yeah. I mean, there was just no doubt about it. Yeah, and again, they they just they've got they got the horses. The, the they do. Michigan State, just does. like you said in the last podcast. Yeah, the who's Michigan. got the horses? Penn State's got the horses. Did I say that? Yeah, good, good for me. Well, uh, <laughs> they took back the coveted. Oh land yes, Grant the land grant trophy. trophy. We one were all most, waited on bated breath for that one. Yeah, one of the greatest trophies in sport. Uh, with <laughs> with the Oklahoma loss, by the way. Yeah, they're moving up in the polls. Yes, here. I mean pretty much everybody at this point has them. Um, five round number five at this point maybe six if they're trying to be anti-big 10 but there is no doubt that penn state has asserted itself as a college football playoff contender in fact they are getting into the area of they could possibly even finish the year 11 and one and have a chance to make the college football playoff you know you could allow that to happen outside another conference between no, the, I think the sec that's only allowed in the sec 
couple things to work on though. Ten penalties for 100. Yeah, they got to clean that up. Oh, and mercy. and a lot of people are making, but it was just again sloppy game, right? Yeah. Um, uh, How do you feel about the 140 yards rushing? Is that enough against you, Michigan State? Yeah, yeah probably definitely, is, right? definitely, right? It yeah. is. Um, and a lot of people are making a lot out of the second half sleepiness of Penn State. Yeah. I just don't think it No, I, I don't think it matters. Yeah. So speaking of horses, Micah Parsons was lining up a yeah. wide receiver. Yeah, we pointed that, that out. That was incredible. And then Shaka Tony, that block field goal, hit him in the face. Yes. <laughs> a couple athletes on this team. There's a couple athletes there. Uh, switching over to Michigan State, there's not much to talk about. There's nothing there team. for Brian Lewerke and Elijah Collins. The last three games versus um, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State – they have been outscored 100 to 17, which averages to a 33 to six loss in now, those, those three are, games. Those are some good teams. Those are they're, some good teams right there. Yeah. there. But it seems like Daryl Stewart is kind of he's only had one catch. He, he hasn't had a good game for a little while. Uh, for me, Michigan State, no O equals no W. Yeah, just no offense. And because of that, I don't. I think the defense is officially a step down from the defense last year. Yeah. Maybe, is, you know, a and, and a step down from the, the classic D'Antonio teams over sure. the last five to 10 years or whatever. Uh, still a good defense. I don't mean it to is. besmirch it like that, but it is not good enough defense to overcome how much they're on the field when their offense just cannot do anything. No. I mean, there's just nothing. There's just not much to talk about here. And then four turnovers doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. Then you go to four turnovers and Muff it's game set, Matt. Game set match at that point. So, yeah. all right, with the win, the Nittany Lions move to eight and zero, part of three Big Ten teams still undefeated, which is most in the country. Sparty falls to five hundred at four and four. We had one evening game. Well, it was a it was a game, but it wasn't much of a contest. Michigan forty five. Notre Dame 14, the Wolverines with 437 yards of offense to the Irish 180. Wow. So this is, you know, maybe they've turned a corner here. This is the team we were kind of hoping to see on both sides of the ball all year. And Khaki's been telling us they're close. And we said, you know what, maybe they are close. It sure looked like it. I mean, it sure looked like they're not close. It looked like they're there. Uh, Listen. Uh, we, we can't just- we can't name our sources, but basically we've we've had somebody tell us that the Josh Gaddis experiment has actually been dead well, and buried for several weeks. Hold now. on, we've had two people separately yes. each come, separately tell each, us the exact same story. Hold on, each approach us. Yes, not we didn't ask. Correct. So the the uh, uh, line from Gaddis of what his offense is supposed to be is the quote unquote speed in space. That is not happening. What we're g- getting is har ball yeah it is dang near back to Stanford days Um, he is relying on what we knew at the beginning of the year was a uh, a grown-ass man offensive line that has gotten healthy boy that is a big thing too this offensive line got healthy they are moving people around absolutely and then all of a sudden what happens Hassan Haskins, 149 Boy. yards. Zach Charbonnet, 74 yards, two touchdowns. They had 303 yards rushing against Man. a Notre Dame team who limited the Mita Georgia Bulldogs yeah. to almost nothing. Right. I mean, th- this was a this was a big win for the conference in well, general, and and definitely for Michigan. And I think there's something to be said about you know it looks more Harbaugh-y because they look like they played with some cojones. Out yes, there, yes. You know, which you, you just weren't seeing earlier in the the year. 
I mean, basically Harbaugh's like, we're just going to keep getting better running the ball. And it started a, it started a little bit versus, I, I would say, Iowa. You throw rockers out because it doesn't count. Uh, but it looked a little bit better last week versus Penn it State. Did. We And I think you already kind of alluded to it, but we all kind of made – Made you know fun of khaki pants a little bit when he said the offense is close. I, I think maybe he might know his team better than us. Maybe potentially he does. because boom, it broke out. This is a good Notre Dame team. This is a Notre Dame team oh, that they, was coming off an idol. Hold week. on, and they made him look bad, bad. Or and really and bad. speaking of deluge, this was a deluge, uh, but it kind of makes it even more impressive. Which is so. when you're in a game like that, both the defensive coordinators are like, we're gonna make these guys throw the ball. So you got to think Notre Dame was trying to make Michigan, uh, 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 excuse me, run the ball. Michigan ran the ball. Oh, they and ran, they ran the it right down their throat. So khaki pants uh, now pulls ahead of Lovey Smith with two two top ten victories on his uh, Michigan short lived his Michigan man. stint. Yeah, yeah, it, that's a great head coaching duel right there, Lovey yeah. and and khaki trying to get top ten victories. Ex NFL guys. Yeah, you know. but ended an eight game losing streak against top ten teams. Yes. And ended it with authority. Authority. So, with the win, the Wolverines moved to a season-saving six and two. We talked last week or last pod, excuse me, about how winning is the ultimate deodorant. I feel like there was some amazing deodorant that was applied to the Wolverines after this. Yeah, game. tons of uh, aluminum in that one. Yeah, maybe some titanium as well. Yeah, whatever. It Good takes. deodorant. All right, that gets us to the Big Ten game of the week, or so it was described. Ohio State 38, Wisconsin 7. The Buckeyes with 431 yards of offense to the Badgers, 191 yards. Wow, what a butt kicking here. Ohio State is the best team in the country. It It, it is. If you look at what they've done, if you look at eye test, I don't care what what criteria you use. This is the best team in the country right now. Do I think Wisconsin is up there with Clemson and Alabama? No, they're not. What Wisconsin is up there with is pretty much every team outside the top six or seven yes. in the country. Right. I believe they would beat almost all of those teams. And some of those teams from like, I don't know, 11 to 18 they would crush them. Probably, yeah. They're they're that good of a team. That's This is a good team, okay? Pen, but the problem is, or not the problem, the thing is, the facts are, Ohio State is just incredible. They're and just... right now, I think as much as we have talked about Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, the receivers, mm-hmm. the offensive line, the play calling of Ryan Day, all of those things are incredible. Is their defense better than their offense? Oh, boy. You know, they, I mean, have, when has the last time you have seen a Wisconsin team get, and they did get manhandled on both O and D line, like, like Ohio state just did to them. Not like that. I mean, I can't remember the last time, um, Jonathan Taylor, all time low for his entire career, 52 yards rushing on 20 carries. That's it. That's the stat right there. That's all you need to know. Right. And you know, cone, you, you just don't shut this running game down. No, they they did. I mean, they were at at in the second half. It got down to Paul Christ running zone reads with Cone keeping <laughs> well, they, keeping the ball. Right, that's what they were down to. <laughs> oh they my couldn't. Lord. And and what we talked about on the pod and that is funny. And this is why you know I put a little spare change on Ohio State because I just got to the point. I'm like, you know, if they do shut down uh, Jonathan Taylor, 
how are the are these receivers going to be good enough? And is uh, uh, Cone going to be sharp enough? And is the offensive line going to be blocky enough to stop yeah. Chase Young? I didn't see it. That's what that's what it was. Speaking of blocking Chase Young, there was no you blocking of Chase Young because yep. and he affects impossible. the whole game. He does. It's not just the 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 Wisconsin offense. It's the whole it's the whole game because. Yeah. Um, even, even though somebody on Twitter didn't agree with my predictions this week. Um, I mean, I, I think I accurately stated, which was, this would be a tough, hard fought game where Wisconsin would come out and try to prove themselves. This was, this was, this was a, a low scoring game deep into the first half. Yeah. I think what we, uh, had said on, on the preview was we thought Wisconsin would hang with them and then they would just eventually get overwhelmed by them, which, which is exactly, exactly what happened. Exactly Justin what happened. Fields got banged up a little bit. He didn't. I'll give Wisconsin's defense credit. Five sacks. They really put a lot of pressure on Fields. But you know what? We're seeing that Fields is not just a an athlete. He's a good quarterback, too. Like, But his legs made a difference. Oh, his legs made a huge difference. But I'm saying, like, he, he's got the mental aspect that you need to play quarterback, too. And he's tough. The, he's yeah. officially tough now, he's tough, too. Yeah. He took hits in this game. He stayed up. He 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 went into the one of the tents, you know, the tents that protect yep. the, the players from the world getting looked at. Came back out, finished the game, threw touchdown passes after that. So Dude. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. But let's just say they keep playing like this. Wouldn't it be awesome to see them? I mean, I don't think George is going to make it, but to see him play Georgia and yes. knock them out of the yeah, playoff. I think that's, I don't think that's going to happen, but no, but I think would... the matchup that the country is dreaming about right now is LSU, Ohio state. Oh, that'd be a good one too. Yeah. But I would love to see this Ohio state team again, getting ahead of ourselves, beat either Clemson or Bama in the championship game. Amazing. That would be awesome. Just to finally knock them out. I would love it. I, I mean, I got to think there's even fans of the pac 12 and big 12 that would, or that would be ready to see it at this point. So I, again, Ohio State is appointment television. I like watching both their offense and defense. Switching around to the other side, I don't know what to say about Wisconsin otherwise, other than you got Buckeyed. You, you, you got talk Buckeyed. to Nebraska fans, talk to Northwestern fans, Hoosier fans, uh, Cincinnati Bearcat fans. You, you got you got bucked, man. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. You know, I thought traditionally Wisconsin's a team that can beat bad teams and good teams but can't beat great teams. Right? That's what they are. Right Don't now. you think yep, so? Yeah. And I thought maybe this year was a little different, but no, it's, it's still the same old, same old. Yeah. Monty Ball with some strong words on Twitter late last night. Oh, what did he say? I didn't basically see that. alluding to the I'm tired of this. We can't just be a, a run dominated offense. We got to get, you know, more pop through the air. I mean, he's he's right. But usually, you know, as an ex player. Just kind of, just kind of watch your P's and Q's a little bit. He just kind of went at it, and it's kind of hard to look at Wisconsin and say, you know what, it's this is a disaster. Change up your scheme, right? I mean, well, and then it, the other thing is just you know, the millions of uh, uh, Twitter defensive coordinators like, well, it's easy how to stop Wisconsin. You know, you stop the running game, you shut them all down. Most teams can't stop the Correct. running game, whether they try to or not. Right, and it it does take an elite team to do it. The Buckeyes are an elite team. Plus more. Yeah. And Glenn Mason on Big Ten Network, uh, the 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 wrap up show, final drive, said Wisconsin's a good football team, but they're not a great football team. And I, I think that kind of summarizes it. I would I understand that. I mean, I don't disagree with that. I would say they are a level in between, you know, good and elite. Elite is the the, the catchphrase. Okay. They're better than good. They're very, very good. They're just a notch under those top six or seven teams in the country. Yeah. I mean, Buckeyes are in their own class. You can look at the other undefeated teams, uh, Minnesota, Penn State. You can throw Michigan in there, throw Wisconsin. They're, nobody's on this Ohio State level. Nope. 
which gets us into our next thing. But finish up here. The Buckeyes move to eight and zero. The Badgers fall to six and two. So going to Saturday tradition and our man Dustin Shooty. We got the rankings here. I've looked over these before. Can't really say there's anything I disagree with. On the Rutgers line at 14, Rutgers. Maryland at 13, Northwestern at 12. I, I tell you right now, they're kind of they are they're inching towards the uh, Rutgers line at yeah, this point. But that's a good bottom three. I Correct. don't think you can argue with those bottom three. With Purdue at 11, and I still would put Purdue a step above them because I, I would believe too. in the correct conditions, yes. Purdue's offense would would pop right out of it. Maybe another team that you put right there with them, but I actually would bring a notch up now is Illinois at 10 because Illinois is sitting there at 4-4. Four and four. Yeah. In fact, I would probably put them at very close to the number 9 team. Nebraska yeah. at also at four and four. When you look at the game, they played each other really close, really close. So those teams are close. And then another team I would put right in. So this would be a, a bunching together, 10, nine and eight, Illinois, Nebraska and Michigan state also four and four. They yeah. have a really good defense, but the offense is, is so bad. And I mean, we're going to see Michigan state play Illinois in two weeks here. So we'll find out who the better team is then. Okay. So, Next up, then, I would put these two teams together. In fact, I, yes, I would put these two teams together. Indiana at seven and Iowa at six, both six and two. Yeah, that's fair. Um, both have a couple decent wins on their schedule. The the or the wins, for the most part, are over teams that aren't the greatest teams yeah. in, in their conference. Uh, maybe you'd give the nod to, not, not to Iowa because they got – Iowa State on the road as far as quality wins, but right now, Indiana, Iowa on a neutral field, that's going to be a really close line. I would think think. so. Then you go to Michigan at five. They deserve to be a notch above. They are six and two as well, but they beat Iowa head to head. Better wins. We'll see. We'll see them with, yeah, Notre Dame, obviously the biggest win right there. Wisconsin at four, even though they, right now, how interesting would it be for the Wisconsin-Michigan rematch if there was one Boy, right that now? That would be interesting right now. I don't it? think it would be 35 to nil. No. You know, middle of the second quarter, however it was. Crazy how these teams feel that much different. With that being said, you don't erase results on the field. We're not Brady no, Gall. You ha- you have to so put you put Wisconsin <laughs> yeah. above. Uh, number three on their line all by themselves right now, the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I think so. Number two on the line, all by themselves right now, Penn State and the yes, Lions, sir. and then number one on the line, all by themselves. So we got a lot of different subgroups right there. There's like yeah, six or a lot seven of division difference, here. right? But yeah. I mean, that's what we're looking at. I mean, once you get in November, you are what you are at that point. Yeah. So another great week, man. That was a great weekend. So did you look ahead to next week's games? I did. Oh boy. <laughs> I hope y'all enjoyed. <laughs> there is one ranked team playing next weekend. And we only have four games. Correct. Four total games. Yeah. Gosh, we might have. It's weird. We might, hey, if you're listening, uh, hit us up on Twitter. Ask us a question. Give us topics. Give us a topic. <laughs> I mean, a short podcast is fine, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we'll be able to wax poetic too much on these games that we're going to see next right. week. So, all right, man. You got anything else? No, I'm done. All right. I am Jeffrey the Greek. Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.